Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. See next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Why do you do that so fast? What? I didn't. You did. You're like, thank you for listening. No, I've done it faster before. I was trying to pace myself that time. You've never paced yourself at anything. Yes, I have. No, Slowly you, paced. No, slow you, pace. You use, yeah, either your slow pace or you say you're, you're pacing yourself. As an excuse for why, like, you're already full, while you're already done doing some activity. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking no, about. I and here, I, I have a, a, an intro and a thing to go, and then no, you're you just... No, you don't. You're just you micro-mountain. You never, ever... I did. This is the last have. thing I'm recording as a 35-year-old. And here you are, hogging all the spotlight again by running your, your giant lips fast. Nobody cares. About your giant lips? I know. Let me talk. Hey, everyone. How's it going? It's your favorite soon-to-be 36-year-old, Chris Mullet. <laughs> well, who's your favorite 36-year-old besides yourself? Not you. No, that's fair. Well, no, I can't be. I'm 35 still for another two hours and... Nobody cares. 42 minutes. No one cares. Nope, I can't tell time. Yeah, it's by that yeah. big brain game yeah, we play. Exactly, exactly. I rest my case. I didn't even have to make it. That's how good the case is. It's January seventeenth, twenty twenty three. If you're new here, welcome. We're married. Can't you tell? We have a lot of movies. You'll figure that out soon. He's an asshole. You already know. She contributes nothing. You already know. And every year for one for our birthdays, the other person gets to. Uh, Pick a movie they want to watch for their birthday, and that's what we're doing today. We're watching. Uh, we've watched everything, everywhere, all at once for the first time. One of the rare. I feel like every year on the podcast we have like one or two movies that like a- is is pretty fresh and new that we just do for the podcast because like we had to mm-hmm. at this point having a six year old that can't really go to see mm-hmm. everything everywhere all at once with us. So this is this year's, especially because we're on. The, the drive to Oscar season. Uh, nominations come out, if I'm not mistaken, next week. Next Tuesday or Wednesday? I don't know why you're asking me. I'm not no, sure. I, I, don't, I, I pause to think. Oh. I never pause to ask you the answer. I pause oh. to have my own brain come up with a solution. Um, I see. Yeah. Uh, they are announced on uh, January 24th. So, yeah. So, next Tuesday they will be announced. Um, looking like we're going to win our movie league pretty handily because the Critics' Choice Awards were uh, given out already, and we won the most of those, mostly because of this movie. Uh, that doesn't mean I'm uh, my work is done. 
preparing for the Oscars, uh, I, today, watched Elvis. Mm. I was wondering what you were watching in here while I was working hard. I was also working mm. while watching Elvis. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, it's the kind of movie you can work during. Um, <laughs> if you've been listening to the show for the past few years, you know I've tried to make it a, a personal quest to watch every film that's nominated for like the big six awards, and that is almost definitely going to be nominated for um, Best Picture and particularly Best Actor for Austin Butler, because him and... Brendan Fraser seem to be like sharing the uh, the accolades back and forth with another, and Colin Farrell as well. Um, so I watched it, and we own it, so it'll be something we do do for the podcast at some point. But you gave me the go ahead to go ahead and watch it because you know my, you know, my mo. And after Rocket Man. I don't know how you're gonna feel about this Great. one. Well, no, I just meant like because you're like you've kind of been going like you like Bohemian Rhapsody, but then you're like Rocket Man. I feel the opposite about those two movies. Um, and for this one, you also like Moulin Rouge, correct? I do. Yeah, you're gonna love this movie, and I fucking hated it. Uh, hates hates wrong. Hates wrong. Uh, Austin Butler was fantastic. He was great. There's never an issue with the the lead performance in these movies. The problem with these movies is the story is, is, the story is just total hogwash. Um, I, I think I've decided that a musical biopic is my least favorite film, type of movie. <laughs> like, they're just, it, it's, and particularly when you have Baz Luhrmann, who to me is just all fluff and no, uh, there's no merit in terms of storytelling or like, it, it's just all bright colors and just beating over the head with shit. And I don't appreciate it. Uh, also, it is by far the worst Tom Hanks performance I've ever seen in my really? life. Really? Oh my god! I, I almost I wouldn't have turned it off, but like there were a couple moments where I'm like, God damn it, shut up, Tom Hanks! Wow! And I wanted to turn it off because how you bad Judy Denched him? I Judy Denched Tom Hanks in that in that wow. role. Wow! Yeah. It's just it's just a a big noisy, fucking two hour and forty minute mess of a movie. Well, Coming from, we just last night watched a two hour and 40 minute movie that felt like an hour and 20 minutes. And then this movie that we're talking about today was two hours and 20 minutes and felt like it was five minutes. Um, you know, you're really making me regret the decision to not watch it with you. I mean, we'll watch it for the stop. podcast. I mean, but no, nominated, at some point. nominated and forced me to watch it sooner than later again. Uh, you have the prerogative if you want to do that. Um, you know, you will be nominating no, something. Uh, darling, I was being very sarcastic. Oh, well, you honestly may like it. You like Baz Luhrmann. I do. You like musical biopics, even though you I said, do. like, Rocket Man wasn't necessarily, you know, your thing. I, well, no. What I had said with Rocket Man is that I enjoyed it, it but you. I was disappointed how they ended the movie. Sure. That's what I had said. So if you're going to, if well, you're going to paraphrase this one, me. Please they, get it right. They ended how you'd expect. Um, you don't see him on the toilet. Well. You know. uh, so yeah, so watch that. Um, I don't think we've watched anything else. We already watched next week's movie. Um, but I don't think we did anything else. We had a busy weekend um, playing some games with some friends and preparing for our toy show. If you're going to be in the Lakeland area this upcoming weekend. Even if you're not going to be in the Lakeland area. If you're in the area, state of Florida. Come out to Lakeland. RP, RP Funding, Funding Center. Center. Jinx Let's your go girls. Jugs. 
Do we not do drinks or drugs anymore? I do Let's Go Girls with the podcast. I don't know. When your for, stupid jokes are in. Thanks for listening. <laughs> they're, they're never in. Thanks for listening <laughs> for this week's episode. They're never in. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. It'll be a Saturday and Sunday. I don't know how much it is. And I don't remember the times. But it's a big, <laughs> it's a big event. It's, uh, it's two rooms. They have all kinds of panels. The guys that do the voices for Phineas and Ferb is going to be there. There's going to be a big mm-hmm, Power Rangers mm-hmm. panel. Which is good because now there's going to be a big Power Ranger 30 year uh, anniversary special on Netflix in April, which is going to be with with uh, Billy and Zach and Rocky and a bunch of other ones, and one of them is going to be there. Um, That's awesome. Um, so the Comic Con is it's the Central Florida Comic Con. It's January 21st and 22nd. Mm-hmm. Um, on the 21st hours are 10 to 6. Mm-hmm. On the 22nd hours are 10 to 4. 10 to 6. We have to be there at 7. Setup starts at 7. It's from 7 to 9.30. Okay. We're going from 9.30 to 10. To set up? Yeah. No, I don't I don't know. Well, I'm just saying. Just, I don't know. I'm, I'm reading know, what it I'm, says. I did not I'm create not, the event. I'm not holding you by the shoulder straps demanding I'm, answers from I'm you. Just I'm just letting you know. Loud as you, as you're well, telling. I'm just saying. It's, it's, that's the information that's on this, uh, this, this sheet here. Um, I also don't know how much uh, the tickets are. Great. Though, so. I'm guessing $10. Sure. 10 There's, to $20. Yeah, let's see. Let's see if we can find it. Buy Maybe it's free. It'd be great if it's free. It's not free. I'm sure it's not free. It's not free. And you got to pay for parking, I think, potentially. $40 for both days. Oh, Jesus. Interested. I was like, okay. $40 for both days if you're interested. Um, $100 for both days. 15 minutes early entry. So there you go. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes early entry. A t-shirt and an art print. Some of you just want to go to one day. $30 for Saturday, $20 for Sunday. Great Google Kids are $8. Um, but the ticket also includes like entry to all of like the exhibitions and the panels, and they do have a lot of stuff going on. So uh, it's going to be a really great time, a, a lot of fun. Um, come see us. Come buy some of my us. stuff, please. Yeah. Cool. Well, that being said, let's get into today's podcast, huh? It is my birthday, and for my birthday, I picked uh, what many are calling the greatest film of 2022, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Samantha, please read the box. A metaphysical multiverse galaxy brain head trip, says, is that A.O. Scott? Mm. The New York Times. I couldn't tell if that was a D. Two of my three uh, least favorite people that lived in that one apartment. <laughs> Sorry, I remember that movie reviewer's name. <laughs> That's not fair, man. Now I have to read the rest of this. <laughs> After you said that, Evelyn Wang, Michelle Yao, a flustered immigrant mother, is contacted. It's what? Michelle Yao. Is contacted from a parallel universe and told that only she can save the world. The unlikely hero must learn to channel her newfound powers and fight through the splintering timelines of the multiverse to save her home, her family, and herself in this big-hearted and irreverent adventure. With Stephanie Sue, Kehu Kwan, Jenny Slate, Harry Sum Jr., James Hong, and Jamie Lee Curtis. Kehu Kwan. Kehu. Yeah. That's two. Okay. Which, all things considered... Pretty good for this. For I'm me. not complaining about it, am no. I? No, you're not complaining. 
Yeah, it's fine. Your time will come. Four to nothing. You always fuck it up, so I don't know why you're like getting so boisterous because... The reading challenge history is you've won two, I've won two. Yeah, okay. You won the first one. Because you blatantly cheated so you wouldn't lose. Oh, God. Am I wrong? Is that a false statement or a true statement? It's a totally false statement. Uh, It's a false statement. So you didn't... Google and practice saying the girl from Moana's name. Ali Cravalo. You didn't. You didn't and do I, that. I did that, and I messed it up, and then I admitted yeah. to it because I knew I was going to lose anyway. So I lost that. Right. So so, it's, so it's you cheated, point. and you're such a terrible and I've person. Never cleaved, I've never, I've never cleaved again. I've never cheated ever <laughs> you're again. You're such a terrible person mm-hmm. that you couldn't even get cheating right. Mm-hmm. I guess I should be happy about that. For some, in some instances. <laughs> so funny. Uh, I won the next two, and then you won the uh, last bullshit one, and now I'm trouncing What do you mean last bullshit one? Chris, it's early. It's four to nothing. We've read four boxes. Yeah, that's not good for you. It's fine for me. Don't you worry about a thing, baby. I got it. Uh-huh. Don't you worry. I cannot wait to be, for it to be, you know, 11 months from now. We're doing... When you're already... (laughs) When you're already 37? I will not be 37. 11 months from now? Not exactly. It'll be a week out. Oh, my fuck's sake, Samantha. Thanks so much. Uh Uh-huh. And that I will be winning, so I'm not worried. So. I like to lull you into a false sense of security. I don't know why you haven't already figured that out. That's called the past 16 years of my life. Right, Exactly. There has not been another movie, I think, in my life that I had so many people specifically reach out to me or make it a point to tell me that I need to see this movie. Like, people who are friends, but, you know, I don't talk to on a regular basis would just text me and be like, hey, bro, have you seen everything ever all at once? You really need to see this movie. (laughs) This had the highest mountain to climb of any movie I've ever watched in my entire life from that. Like, I can, let me literally tally on them over my head. I think 10, like 10 different people were like, you got to see this movie. And then, you know, being on film Twitter, film Reddit, uh, of course, the accolade, the movie that comes out in you know, April or May when it did, having the legs, especially in this climate, to, to mm-hmm. become a pretty significant box office success for A24, um, their biggest, and also making it to Oscar season and not only being considered, considering what a an oddball film that it is, but being one of the front runners and, and, and winning so much. Like, I was... Fully ready to be like, yeah, this is good. Whatever. <laughs> like, it, it's it's hard. It's very hard to get through all that. And we've had that a couple times on the podcast when we were doing, like, the every 50 yes. episodes for, like, Shawshank. Right. Shawshank's like, an example of one that did. This pedestal. Right. This But, like, for me, you could reverence. argue, like, Memento didn't do that for me. Heat didn't do that for me. Um... I'm trying to give another example. It's a Wonderful Life did. 
What'd you say? Seven Samurai, sure. Seven, I mean, uh, I didn't have like an expectation that was going to be like, a, you know, one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. I no, neither did I, good. but other people did. And sure. I'm like, oh, um, who the fuck are they? So this is all building up for me to say that this is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen in my entire life after one viewing. Full stop. No questions asked. This is a fucking achievement. And I, today, when I came home and put Elvis on, almost just put this on again instead. I, I was, I was very nervous about, about it, right? Like mm-hmm. there's always that trepidation of, oh my gosh, this movie's getting hyped up, hyped up, hyped up, hyped up. And then it's like, all right, just it, like you said, it's like, it, it's like, what am I missing? Like, what are, what's everybody seeing that I'm not seeing? Or why am I mm-hmm. not connecting with it? And I get that way for two reasons. One, because on the ground floor, it's organic. And I already have kind of a preconceived notion of some things. I had no idea what was going to happen in this movie. No, me neither. But I purposefully still, don't. But from people sharing things online, like, you naturally just see images or you, or you see jokes and you don't understand what they are, but like you're worried about, you know, having that organic feeling. I always say, if I could go back and see a movie in theaters, I didn't get a chance to see in theaters. I would pick like Get Out as an example because like I saw Get Out, you know, several months after it had come out, and I still I love it. It's one of my favorite movies, but there would have been nothing like seeing that when nobody else knew what was going on. Right. Like this. The second thing that um, about it being organic that I think is important. I'm not going to remember. <laughs> so um, continue and I'll think of it. Yeah, so I I just think that it handles a subject that has come up more and more frequently in the last few years in particular, a.k.a. the multiverse, right? Yeah. So in, in different mediums, like, sure, the concept has been around, like, in comics and things, right? And... um. You know, there's an element of time travel. Just science in general. Like, there's been discussions on if this could be possible. Exactly, yeah. But, you know, it's been really prevalent the last couple of years with, you know, the MCU's venture into it and everything. Mm And um, comparatively, it's a shock to me that the way that it was, like, handled and, like, discussed um, in the movies... Comparing it to like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, for example, mm-hmm. um, and now you made me forget what I was gonna say. <laughs> the point I was trying to make—it's almost apropos with this movie. Yeah, yeah, and... it's like it's like our other—we're like zoning out. We're in the other universes right now. Um, Samantha's also going to be struggling because, Samantha, when we watched this movie, what did you uh, not realize? So, I didn't realize that we were going to be watching this movie for the podcast. I thought that we were just watching it because I forgot we were doing this for your watching birthday. Watching it for my birthday. And I forgot that it was already so close to your birthday. Um, oh, great. Your presence will be here tomorrow. Um, Wait, really? What? You forgot my birthday? <laughs> I didn't forget your birthday. I have a gift for you, but I wanted to save that gift for the Rumble. Well, you're going to give it to me in like two hours. I can give it to you in two hours, yeah. and then you'll just get the other things for the Rumble. Well, no, I'm just going to open everything now. I don't open anything Rumble, but you can just give it to me now. Okay, I'll give it all to you now. Yeah, give it to me. Okay. 
Right now? No. Like, pause? No. Like, no, stop. No, I, no, I'm not going to give you any reasoning for getting out of talking about this movie because you weren't prepared. No, I wasn't. Like, I didn't realize that I, I should have been taking notes. I thought we were just watching it just to watch it because not everything that we necessarily watch is for the podcast. Um, so, yes, I was underprepared. Thank you so much for the throwing that shit out there. And it <laughs> serves you right for not, not getting a present till tomorrow. I almost spit that at you. I was just hoping I could just stare you into a spit take, but you're not that funny. Uh, so I think it's kind of fine that we're not going to get into probably some of the more like minute or, or finite details of this movie because, frankly, I struggle to <laughs> recall them um, or be able to condense them into coherent thoughts. Not that this movie is incoherent by any stretch of the imagination, but after a first viewing five days ago, it is a little difficult to do anything but just talk about what it all means and and how it made me feel because it very much made us feel. Absolutely. And I do remember the thing I was going to say. I was so surprised at the composition of this movie. When I say that, I mean all the different things that they brought into it. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have what is an all-star cast, ensemble cast. You have a lot of live action. There's a lot of juxtaposition and use of colors and... and uh, snips and montages and there's, you know live action and then there's like all these other elements cartoon elements and you know stills and and it's just incredible everything that they took and put together and it was really unexpected for me um to have that be i i try not to know what movies are about when i go into them I, i i try really hard especially like the newer ones i do like that element of surprise um even if i'm not watching it in a theater like when i'm watching it at home too and so you know what i knew about this movie was like you know a woman tries to do her taxes like that was really it like that was like the premise that i knew i want you to trick people into a false sense of what movie they're watching so bad it's just like oh i want to see everything everyone wants about oh it's about a woman doing her taxes it is oh cool Cool, cool, fundamentally it's about a woman doing her Mm -hmm. taxes is that not no a woman tries to do her taxes she does not try to do Fundamentally, no. That's not what it's about. She, okay. At the most basic level, does she not try to do her taxes at throughout the, most, the movie? At the most basic at the level. the most basic level. This is about a family. No. So, but <laughs> in the opening scene, right? She's trying to do her taxes. Right? right? Yeah. Like Ness. Right. She's just sitting there doing her taxes. Yeah. And then what happens? Stuff happens at what? The IRS office when she's trying to do what? Get an extension on her taxes, right? And then the movie ends. How? It's oh, this, she goes this, in and does her taxes. Is this what it's going to be like when... Uh, so, alrighty. So, hold on. So, God, you... She just does her taxes. Mm-hmm. I was just saying that as like, that's like the basic premise of the movie. And it does nothing to... It, it lulls you into a false sense of security by not realizing the 
enormity and the depth of what this movie actually is about. Sure. I'm going to stand on this coffee table from now on before we watch a movie to reiterate when we're doing it for the podcast so you can make your bad notes anyway. Because you need them, I found out. Also, I wanted to point out that it took you two uh, movies to already delegitimize your uh, Swerve Award at the end of the year because this... You can't even classify because you didn't watch it and take no, notes about swerves. I did, but it's very hard to swerve this movie. You could argue this could be the winner. You don't know. No, it's not. Swerve, different universe. Swerve, different universe. That, that's swerve, a, different universe. But that's the plot point. That's different. If what? There was a swerve, if there was a swerve in this movie, it would be... Well, I don't want to spoil it in case people haven't seen it no, yet. People know if we were... Do, are we talking about a movie then spoilers are here. So if you don't want this movie spoiled for you, don't listen. It's as simple as that. Um, so so then the swerve wouldn't be like a different universe, a different universe, because like that's kind of like what the premise is. It would be swerve, Jopu Tupaki is actually joy. That would be the swerve. Swerve, the everything bagel, is not delicious. That would be the swerve. You do not understand the concept of the swerves. I d- I understand it better than you do, which is no, why don't. it makes your thing so ridiculous. Uh, also, what was the name of the character again? Sorry? Jopu Tupaki. Thank you. Just the way you said it very fast. Just what? Is that not the name? No, it is. It just I was not expecting you to get it right. Uh, especially without notes. I will admit, early, like early, early, like the first five minutes, I was a little worried. Because I was expecting like... It's like brain-melting shit right away. And it, it's not that it, it takes long at all. You figure they're at the dry cleaners. You see uh, the stuff on the security camera, you know, begin. And then when they're in the elevator at the tax office is when Alpha Wayman comes and, you know, things begin. Like, from that... It's pretty frantic, engaging to start. And then it just goes from zero to a thousand, like right from there. And it continues to, like, it goes zero to a thousand, like straight shot. And then it just makes a left, makes a right, makes a left, makes a right. Like it just. And there's no breaks. Non stop. Well, and it's such an enjoyable ride. So I, I take that. It does break, but it breaks. To keep going in the speed it's going in, but it's in a totally different mode or, or Yeah, emotion. like it goes like in reverse. Like the same speed, but yeah. reversed kind of thing. Like it's wild. It was just wild. Like the, like the very, very first tax scene has, you know, Evelyn getting kind of exposition dumped as much as possible as to what is going on. In like the janitor's closet, and then her having to do the weird ass things to to, which is just not the through line of the movie. It's just I mean great, th- but that's besides such... the paper cuts, which made me fucking squeal. And, oh my and, god, and, it, and fidget, it was awful. But think about it, but it it it's such a minor detail that really gives so much to the universe that's built here, mm-hmm. the multi universes that are built here, um, just that that trigger, right? Like, finding out the trigger, the best jump point, the best way, combination of oddball things to do that. And I think that I had not... 
I had not seen that before. I don't know if that's something that's more common, but I thought that that was really, really well done. And I think it added a lot of humor um, to to this movie. Um, and I think the movie did a great job of incorporating like that humor and like the seriousness. Um, there's a lot of really great juxtapositions and like opposing like emotions and forces. I really dug it. Yeah, I. You figure that scene goes from what I was just talking about to then Michelle Yeoh punching Jamie Lee Curtis out of nowhere to then a powered up Kihu Kwan doing the the kung fu stuff with mm-hmm, the fanny pack mm-hmm. and Michelle Yeoh just react to everything and like again we're fifteen minutes in I'm just like I get it I'm in I'm buckled up right right like it, you get, it gets your buy in so quickly and it does it from the point of view of of. Michelle Yeoh's character. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't know what's going on, and then then you get it, right? Then you have that explanation. You see what she sees. It's like that perspective is really, really powerful. And the editing of her going back and forth and, like, the fluidity, fluidity of her just, like, turning her head and she's in one universe and, like, turning her head and yeah. she's in the other universe. I thought... They did it really well. It's wonderful. Beautiful. It's beautiful. wonderfully edited. It's one of the best production designed, mm-hmm. costumed uh, effects. This movie, I mean, it, I do think there are times where it looks a little funky and a little cheaper, but it never looks bad at all. It actually looks better than, again, a lot of some of the big budget CGI movies because it feels holistic. It feels... It feels authentic it, in a way that it shouldn't because of some of the multi-universes that you're shown which is it's so weird to say that like it's holistic it's like authentic but you see them as sitting as like two rocks like having a conversation you know what i mean that was like one of the first times i started crying and it's just two rocks no i know talking with text to one another i know i know but i'm saying like you felt it like you felt the authenticity you're like if i was a rock like i could relate to that like that's what i mean like you shouldn't it shouldn't yeah Garner the reaction that it no. did, but everything just layered on top of each other really did. Yeah, it, it at the end of it all has this incredibly beautiful giant message in the midst of all the insanity. I mean, and it, I was a bawling. Mess. Yeah, oh yeah I, I cried twice um, in this movie. You cried just for the last like twenty minutes. Non-stop. Just um, did not stop crying. Which is a crazy thing to say about this movie we're talking about in all these big, overarching, like, multiversal, science fiction, comedic, you know, tones. Like, this movie has such fucking heart it's, it's... and meaning behind it of just... of love and family and and trying to overcome what you're destined to be and what you're destined to do and and all you need is just to feel something that's why i there there's a lot of this movie that like you can say is my favorite part um some of the nihilistic stuff is just incredibly beautiful and movie moving and indicative of life and the fact that it is played out the way that it is to be overcome just fucking kills me particularly because it goes right into Kihu Kwan winning his Oscar with his um, his monologue 
in the the universe where they're both like successful and rich, but they're not together. And was like, I I would have loved to have just done laundry and taxes with you. You know, like that's just so simple. Like that it's so simple, but it just fucking But it's the works. fundamental but you know, and I think it really hit me hard because this movie talked a lot about like It's a mother and daughter movie. It's a mother and daughter movie. More of a husband and wife movie. I relate to it on so many levels, like as a mother and as a daughter and having, you know, to go through both of those sides of it. Barely scraped the being a mother part, right? Yeah. And then oh, you have to go through all those. You know, all I know, and then yeah. and then as and then like the husband and wife movie and like the foundation of relationships, like what makes a relationship and everything, and it's just and I'm gonna cry now talking about it, mm-hmm. but you know, people romanticize things so much, or they build up these super high expectations and you know, growing up or, like, watching, you know, TV or movies, like, in any medium, it's, like, it kind of tells you you should have this kind, like, this kind of relationship or this kind of romance is the best kind. And it's, like, you know, sweeping you off your feet and doing this and doing that and everything. But at the end of the day, it is just doing laundry and taxes. Yeah. I mean... I love you so much. And I know that we are really mean to each other on this show. Yeah, what are you doing? But I really do. (laughs) I love you so much. And this really spoke to me because I feel like all I do is laundry every day. And then we just. Yeah, what are you doing sitting here recording? (laughs) Tax appointments come up and everything. (laughs) That's me, any cross section of anything right now. No, I know. But I. But yeah, it really hit home for me. I was crying a lot because mm-hmm. I get it. Like, I get it. You know, we've been together for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to say it like that. I'm trying to lighten the mood. I know you are. But but yeah, I like that I get to do laundry and taxes with you. I'm, well, I'm glad we do our time. I'm glad I don't do the laundry, but I'm glad my laundry is clean. You can go fuck off now. All I this... take back everything I just said. All this that we're talking about, by the way, um, also happens in the same movie where there is a knockout, dragout, kung fu fight battling over trying to sit on a trophy as a butt plug. Like, <laughs> and it is also in this... It, it is one of the funniest... This is also the same movie where there's a character called Rakakuni. I love Rakakuni. by Randy Newman. Rakakuni. <laughs> singing a Randy Newman-ish song. Rakakuni is... Hilarious. Rekakuni. Rekakuni. I want that movie now. I uh, want him to have his own I show. I want Rekakuni. I just want him here. I want him to cook Rakakuni. my food. So it's like Ratatouille, but with a raccoon. And she forgets. She forgets, forgets that it's Ratatouille, so she calls it Rekakuni. But then, of course, she then goes to a universe where, where Rekakuni is, is real. And she exposes the chef, and it becomes a, a, a plot point. I mean, it's, it's hilarious. It just you even get emotional in the movie about Rekka Cooney because like, he so gets taken away. The guy's like, they took Rekka Cooney. It's like, they won't look at the Rekka Cooney. Right. So it's beautiful, and this movie is also somehow in all of this. There is also a wonderful, very weird. Hot dogs for fingers. Oh, hot dog lesbian world. Hot dog lesbian world. Coming universal. 
with ketchup and mustard everywhere. The it, hot dog hands. Hot dog hands was one of the weirdest things I've ever witnessed in my but life. But then again, they also, so again, like the nihilistic part I was talking about, like when they have that that break and then later on when she, you know, comes to find, you know, the value and meaning of things and she gets through to Joy because Joy, the, the big bad in the movie, uh, what is it, Joe Butapaki? Jopu Yeah. Jopu is, is basically just a version of Joy, her Who's daughter. Who's daughter. In another universe that's taking out all the Evelyns of other universes to basically just end, end the, all the universe, end the multiverse, end life as we know it across know. all universes. But is, the whole reason why is because of mom. Yeah. Why are you crying again? Stop it. <laughs> Because I'm so scared I'm going to turn Jillian into Joe Putapaki. Oh, no. Now I just want to hear her say that. Joe Putapaki. I'm going to wake her up in the morning so I can tell her to come to you and be, to say, I'm Joe Putapaki. No, just don't. Like, I'm going to be so sad. It's my birthday present to myself. <laughs> um, you made me lose my train of thought. Oh, so in that realization... It shows, like, how all the other universes, like, kind of rectify themselves, right? It's like, she lets the rock go, but she goes tumbling after the rock. In the hot dog hand lesbian world, you know, she's playing the piano with her foot, and she comes and helps her. Like, even in a situation as absolutely batshit bonkers as the hot dog hand world and the raccoonie world, they... Find a way to make it meaningful, make it count, make it matter, and make you just gush over and all over again. Because also, in the real world, when all this is happening, it's when Joy is trying to, or Joe Budapaki is trying to walk through, you know, that everything bagel, as it were, that's supposed to, like, end the world. And she's being held back by her mom, and Wayman and the grandfather who's like covered in this like uh what's the best way to describe like it? Like a mecha suit. Like a mecha suit made out of office supplies. Yeah. And like it's a family together trying to like hang on it, to one another. It's like the relationship. Peel it back. It's the relationship. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Um Yeah, it's I I it, I, I, I it's can't. just so beautiful. Yeah, I can't. I can't get wait over to watch enough. it again. It's it's um, going to be one of the most rewatchable movies because I guarantee you, uh, the next time I watch it, there's going to be twelve to fifteen things I did notice. Like, there's so many little things. Like, these aren't little things, but like, I like how in the successful world that she kind of I think is the first multiversal word like she kind of gets into where she's like a movie star. Yeah, I think they're so. just showing clips of Michelle Yeoh just on the right. Like, she's basically she's Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, like it, like they right. show her. You can see she's at the premiere of Crazy Rich Asians. You can see her, like, signing autographs at actual premieres. Like, you know, it's... And I think that's also what makes it so affecting when it's Kihu Kwan there, is you figure those two themselves are juxtaposed. Of Michelle Yeoh has been, you know, a mainstream movie star, you know, off and on for, you know, the past 20, 30 years yeah. in America. And Kihu Kwan was a child star of the and 80s. dipped and, out. And then, you know, left acting because they didn't find him out, you know, any good opportunities. Still had a very successful career behind the scenes is like uh, stunt, a stunt guy, work yeah. um, mm-hmm. and, you know, what have you, and then comes back to it and he's going to win an Academy Award this year. 
amazing. Like it, it, it's just shows you how the world and the and universe fucking works. And like the ensemble cast being, you know, majority made up of minorities. Um, well, your prince, yeah, your principal. Actors, your principal yeah. actors being, you know, non-white, I think is really important um, from a representation standpoint. And I think, and I know that this movie talked a lot about like the Asian immigrant experience yeah. in particular, but it does it in such a way that you you can relate it to a lot of things that people who are not Asian Americans or sure. did not immigrate to the country can still relate to. And I think that's why it works on every level because it really does have something for everyone. It's just full of feeling and, and drama and, and humor. And it's just amazing all around. The writing is exceptional. The, um, casting is great and I think that it's I think it's just the Daniels did it again I think uh, well here. we say did it again that we have not seen their their precursor to this which is supposed to be obviously equally off the wall but and also pretty emotional Swiss Army Man which is the uh, Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe, Radcliffe mm-hmm. dead farting corpse movie with Paul Dano I mean I'm um, all oh, about it now it's, it's going to jump to the front of the list now I'm all um, I just love like the description of the movie is an absurdist comedy drama with elements of science fiction, fantasy, martial arts, and animation. Like fucking yes, sign me the fuck up for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, it is there anything you did not like about the movie? Not really. Did you have a favorite scene that we did not? Already mentioned or discussed. I mean, I, I, lo- I love so much of it, but I just, I think it was just all really well done. It, it's hard to pick. I really yeah. did like the, the end, um, the, towards the end. Um, also, Joy is, part of this movie is also a struggle because Joy is a lesbian and ha- brought her girlfriend then it's like the generational differences because, um, you know, Evelyn doesn't want to introduce it, the girlfriend, the girlfriend as a girlfriend to like her dad and all this other stuff. And then the point where Joy reaches her breaking point, yeah, and like the in the, the car outside, outside the car in the parking lot, outside yeah, the car in the yeah. parking lot. That whole scene was incredible, yeah. and she's like, "Okay, go." And then she's like, you know what? No. And like changes her mind and then mm-hmm. goes and like pulls her, right? So like that that kind of sets up like that that ending that you were talking about, like with pulling her out of the bagel and stuff. And I, and I just think that was one of the most beautiful pieces of cinema I've seen. Yeah. Um, that. All around. That whole stretch when it's, it, when you're going back and forth between mm-hmm. that and the tax office and the rocks and Rakakuni and everything else, like all kind of rectifying themselves mm-hmm. on top of one another. 
is just bananas. Um, I love the inter- the reintroduction of, uh, or I guess the reveal of Jobu Tupaki. Like, her just strolling in in, like, that batshit outfit, walking a pig, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. And she's just, like, poofing people to confetti, and she's got her head on the back of her head, and it's just, like... Like... You're in it. Like, you know... <laughs> This is like an all-powerful being. Yeah. Like, you know at that moment. But then also at the same time, like, Joy's character is reintroduced into, like, you know, Joe Budapaki takes over Joy, you know, in that world. And it's just a, just amazing parallel to, like, family and acceptance and happiness. It's just, like, this perfect corollary. It really is. That, that's, that's being stretched out across every facet of multiversal action. I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying half the time. No, exactly. But I but I know. But I can yeah. get it. Like I understand exactly what you're saying. It's And like, then just all the verse jumping, all the weird like the I, I couldn't even like so weird. the weird ass shit like you got people pissing their pants. You got people trying to jump chewing, on the butt plugs. Chewing on chapstick. Chewing, chewing on chapstick. Chewing on chewed gum from underneath a fucking desk. Uh putting their shoes on the wrong feet. That's tame from what I just fucking said. Uh somebody was Xeroxing their butt. Of course. You got Jenny Slate slinging a dog like Indiana Jones' oh fucking God. whip. That was hilarious. I was losing my mind over that fucking dog being that used as a hilarious. weapon. That was hilarious. Yeah, it, it it honestly may be, like, so, like, my favorite movie list is, a, is an amalgamation of things that are personal and meaningful to me and what I honestly consider to be you know, great or perfect movies or cinema, right? Mm-hmm. All that said, this might be the best movie I've ever seen. Like, from a beginning to end standpoint... ...of what a movie should do to you, which is make you laugh, make you cry, make you think, make you reflect, make you dwell, make you love, make you hate. Like, this does fucking all of it. I, I, I can't... Give this movie enough flowers. It's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. They they just nailed it. They just nailed it. There's not more you can say. And then, like, probably my favorite through line throughout the movie is the googly eyes. Yeah. Because what it represents, I... Although you may not be able to tell from... The snips of me on this show because I don't listen to the edited versions of these, so I don't know how awful you make me come across. I change your voice to be very, very cartoony. Like you sound like you don't um, need to change it I, at all. It's already like. And that. also, I should explain to people: Samantha has googly eyes for eyes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I'm, I look like Zoe Deschanel. That's not Zoe Deschanel. Those aren't googly eyes. Those are just overactive eyes. You're going to give yourself a headache. <laughs> I'm going to pop my eyes yeah. out of sockets. Um, but I am a very joyful person. I try, I always try to be happy and joyful. I always try to look on the bright side um, and I try to find the good and the joy in everything. And um, I love being positive. And that just like, represented like everything like him putting googly eyes on things just to bring a smile right just to just to bring a smile just to have fun with it like that's me and i love it and 
I just, that was my favorite. It was such a little detail, Mm -hmm. but I think it just, it did so much to tell you, like, to give you that, who this person is. Like, you knew immediately who Waymond was, what Mm -hmm. he was about, and then, like, Evelyn's reactions to it, like, you knew, okay, here's the split, here's the divide. Um, here's like the different personalities at war and the, the divorce as a, as a, as the MacGuffin really of the movie really, you know, it was just really emphasized by the, by those googly eyes. Mm -hmm. You were doing so well. MVP and LVP. Is damn near impossible. Uh, I, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna read you what I have written down from NLP. And you know how often or how thorough I am with this, right? So for MVP, I wrote this may be impossible to pick between four people. Uh, yeah, I wrote, and even still four, like that, you that, could, I could extend it to five. It's not easy. gonna be the great. It's not gonna be the grandfather, but he's fucking great. No, too. right, but but it, but it's gonna be hard doing LVP. Oh, more than anything. So, so I wrote LVP. Honest to God, I have no idea. I, yeah. I, I couldn't even come up. Like we got, to, we have to. We, it's not Rakakuni. I'll tell it, you that. I ain't giving Randy Newman anything. But um, no. But I wrote here. I wrote. I wrote. This person is amazing, and this person is fantastic, and this person. But this person is everything. It it's like uh, exactly a four. Like you said, four but way. Were they everywhere all at once? You know, I did that on purpose, mm-hmm. seeing if you were going to take baited the me. bait. I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny anyway. No, you didn't. Nobody laughed. They left right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why I turned into Doug for a second. I don't know or around, like, hey, Doug. <laughs> uh, I, 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 it's so hard to pick. They're the four. Principles. I want to tackle LVP first because I'm not yeah. even ready to have yeah. that MVP conversation. LVP, I mean, the only one who I think had any significance that I was not crazy about some of the portrayals was the guy, not Rakakuni, but the guy who was Rakakuni'd. Ta- oh, Chad, the tapping Chad. No, fuck that. He was great. I, I loved he- him in the Rakakuni verse, but then I was like, okay, when he was like in the real world, I was like, I, I thought he was hilarious. <laughs> I thought he was great. Yeah, I mean, I loved him as as Rakakuni. If I had to go Being with Rakakuni. someone, I would go with Jenny Slate, just because. She, compared to Jamie Lee Curtis, it was jarring having her and not do anything else. Like she literally was just that character, and she's just kind of Jenny Slate. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm a Jenny Slate fan. I believe if we do end up giving this to her, she will be on our both list. I think she was an MVP for a very, very bad movie we we watched, I think called The Longest Week, um, where we gave it to her because she was Oh, I did not like that movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, That movie felt like it lasted everywhere. Uh, Everything, all at once. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, So I believe she'd be joining that list if we gave it to her. That was going to be mine, besides like giving it to... You know, secure, security guard number four or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was the longest week. We watched it in 2020. Yeah. She was the MVP. And Jason Bateman was the LVP. So mm-hmm. that's all that tells you about that movie. Yep. Yeah. 
So that that would be my recommendation. I I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, I I did I did like. Oh, I like your Chad. Too. I like Jenny oh, Slate, Chad, yeah. and I like Chad. I really liked him in the Rakakuni universe. Um, yeah, but the, the, but I really loved the way Jenny Slate just hurled that dog, just swung it around, and threw it in that refrigerator. I thought that was great. Yeah, but that's the dog. It wasn't her. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. That's fair. Okay. All right, so we're going to give it to Jenny Slate, so she joins our our both list for um, both MVPs and LVPs. Um, all right, MVP. I, I, I have it down to two, but I want to I wanna give four and three first. I, mean, I think number four is Jamie Lee Curtis. I think Jamie Lee Curtis did a phenomenal she was job. Fucking she was hysterical. hilarious. And she was like very commanding in a way I haven't seen her. And she was committed. She did so committed. So much weird ass shit in this movie. But it felt so right. Like it didn't feel out of place or she, anything. Her nominations across, you know, most of the boards of the, you know, this award season had been a little confusing to me because I honestly thought she was kind of just like in a one or two scene thing. I thought we had like a, a Judy Dench and uh, Shakespeare and love type situation. Where it's I like, thought you were going to say another oh. movie. <laughs> Although, I mean, honestly, in this movie, it would not surprise me if, if Jamie Lee Curtis all of a sudden was in a full cat costume trying to lick herself. <laughs> uh, that's what Judy Dench did in Cats, so why not in this movie? Uh, but, like, it's kind of that, that career achievement. Like, Jamie Lee Curtis is never nominated for an Academy Award. That You find her in a movie that's critically acclaimed. You pick apart a couple scenes, and, and you, then you have a, you know, an, uh, a makeup nomination, right? And I'm watching this, and in the very, very first scene that she's in is when she's just herself, and she's going over the tax information with the family, and she's just slaying this mom. She is amazing She's going over those rewards. She, like, her facial expressions and her tone... Like, she's, like, being this Karen, but then also having, like, you oh. know, the, a, 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 like, I mean, like this modicum of a heart. And it throughout. sets into motion mm-hmm. who she is across all the rest of the universe. It's amazing. And then, like, towards the end, the scene outside the dry cleaner, when, yeah. with, after, like, she's told that they're, get, like, she, um, that Wayman just served Evelyn papers and everything, and that's why Evelyn went off the wall crazy, and she's just, like... I was served papers. I remember. It's just, it is just so well done. Really, really strong performance. She's number four. <laughs> number three is Stephanie. Sue. I don't think so. I don't. She, I. She's disagree. not number one. You're not getting number one. I disagree. Out of me. I think Stephanie Sue does an amazing. I think she job. does an amazing job too. I think the way that she goes from being joy to being. Joe Pootspocky and just the grace with which she transitioned between all those roles and even like being a murderous person, just like, you know, when she was asked like, why did you do all this to find me? Right. When Evelyn says, why, why, why did you do all this to find me? She's like, because I want you to go with me. Cause like Mm. at the end of the day, like she still needs her mom. Yeah. And it, was just a great delivery of something that's like there sometimes things just happen and you just like you just want your mom, oh, you know? Of yeah. And it's just like she 
I think so well verbalized and like verbally and non-verbally like cascaded that message and like got it across and I think that she just no matter what was thrown at her she just did a knockout job and even like in like the real world quote-unquote um you know dealing with like her sexuality and like her mom's acceptance or grandpa and everything like that just I think the way she goes from being like this like tough skin person mm-hmm. to like a bubbling mess essentially is like I think she just did a beautiful job. Oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think she should win the best supporting actress award easily. I still think that she's not as good as Michelle Yeoh or Kiyu Kwan in this movie. And that's that's not a detriment. I have no notes for her. <laughs> yeah, no notes. At all. She I mean None she whatsoever. killed it. She killed she it. She crushed it. Just the other two are doing even more than her. If I had to pick one, and this is like killing me to do so, I go with Kiyu Kwan. Because of how out of fucking nowhere this is. This is short round. This is fucking the Goonies. This is somebody who we have history with dating back to before we were even born, right? Like, like we were children when this person was a child. Yeah, I mean, he, he was born in 71. Goonies came out in 85. Yeah, so I mean, he... Indiana Jones came out in... It's like 84. Four eighty five, something like that. Temple yeah. of Doom specifically. Yeah, around the same time. Yeah. So And he absolutely captivates you every single time he's on screen, whether he is this meek, eager, like you said, like you know Just this eternal optimist. Uh, this optimistic this being down optimist essentially. Or he's this super cool kung fu, you know universe traveler or he's the suave Wong Kar Wai uh, you know like successful businessman or whatever it may be that mo- that monologue was just as affecting as anything I've ever seen in a movie of him explaining why he's going to the, the, the lengths he's going and how he feels the way he does and how nothing's ever changed throughout all, you know, all these different worlds and processes, like, if we're breaking it down from a value standpoint, that's why I go him or a compromise to me would be Michelle Yeoh, is that the other two were fantastic. I could make an argument that I could, that somebody else could do those those parts. I, I don't, don't think so. I, 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 I don't want that to happen. I think that the top two are irreplaceable by any stretch of the imagination. And Michelle Yeoh, to that extent, she absolutely gives it her all and has such a gravitas and a power with even being this overworked, lost soul. Like She gives that power because of how powerless she is. So when she's starting, when she all of a sudden has is an equal to this all-knowing, all-powerful being across every multiverse, you know, you still remember her from 20 minutes, because you're still seeing her in another universe drunkenly making a mess of her big, you know, karaoke thing in her laundromat. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. 
they both are so fucking stellar um, that it, it's it's unfair to give it to just one. So I, 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 I've said my piece. I will leave you with, with those. No, so it, uh, co-MVPs. No. We're, or we, we then give it to, to Stephanie. To... I'm either Michelle York or Kwan. Stephanie, she was, is a three for me. I'll give you either one of the two, whichever one you prefer to go with. He couldn't have put the name Jonathan. He goes by the name Jonathan. He couldn't have put that on the back of the box. So I could have said it. No, fuck you. Well, fuck him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. The, I mean, those are my top three people. Was um, Stephanie Sue your number one? Yeah, I, I loved her. Oh, I love her, her performance. too. And, you know, I just, I dug it. I mean, I know, like, now I'm a mom. Like, I should relate more to, like, Michelle Yeoh and everything that went through there. Um, but I'm so like young in my motherhood, like Mm -hmm. Jillian's only six, but I've gone my whole life with my mom and it's oftentimes just been the two of us and, you know, haven't been there, right. In several different iterations of these multiverses or whatever it is, like I get it. And it just really spoke to me. I think she just did a really great job. It's just really beautiful. I mean, the whole movie was great. I'm not going to be upset at whoever's chosen. It's it's probably the most difficult time I've ever had deciding. Oh, I didn't even write down notes or in between, like, you know, comments on each one of them. I, so if she was your one, who was your two? It was Michelle Yeoh, but... So let's go Michelle Yeoh. I, I think that she's deserved I think that's the, most, that's the fairest way to do it. If, if Ki Hu's your three and Stephanie Su's your three... Let's do Oscar voting, then the two's the two has it. Yeah, I think that's that's it. Because I, I think each, I think the two supporting characters, right? I even struggle to call Q Kwan a supporting character. Like, I, I get, I'm glad they did it that way because he wasn't going to break through, unfortunately, probably through Fraser and Butler and Farrell. Um, for like best actor, he probably still would have gotten nominated because I think the other two people that are probably getting nominated for that are like Bill Nighy and you know possibly Tom Cruise or somebody else. I don't fucking know. Um, but he's like he's the main actor in the movie. He, it's not like he disappears for you know half an hour in the movie. Yeah. Like Stephanie Sue kind of does. Like when they first get into you know the tax office because she's not there. Because remember she's out with uh, with her girlfriend, like. I get her as a supporting character. Jamie Lee Curtis is playing bit roles throughout the movie and is, is supporting everything else. But he's not really supporting. He is a lead. Michelle Yeoh is basically in like every scene of this movie. She's the driving she force. She puts this movie on like a fucking bat. She is CT and this movie is Johnny Bananas. And she fucking wears it and walks across a field stomping her fucking cool ass legs. That's it. Then and she's slams the MVP. this movie into a drum. She's the MVP. <laughs> I'm going to start making, making challenge analogies That's about it. movies. That's it. As much as I can. Yeah. Michelle Yeoh, as equally affecting you're talking about uh, Stephanie Sue in those final scenes, she is just affecting uh, Michelle Yeoh is, like you said, being like, okay, and then taking it right back and saying, no. Yeah. Like, we, this is us. We are in this together. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she does so much like extra work with her facial expressions and her reacting. Like she elevates so she elevates everybody in this movie. I think to be at the levels we were talking about as MVP and LVP, just from supporting them in whatever it is that they have going on. Absolutely. And, and committing to whatever is given to her. So I think we make the right choice of going with Michelle Yeoh. Um, who also is very much in the race. I mean, it, it is between her and Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett will almost definitely win. And I need to watch Tar so I can see if that's... Tar is nowhere near up there in terms of everywhere, everything everywhere all at once. You gotta see it, you'll love it. But, like, plenty of people that I know and trust have been like, yo, Tar is pretty dope, so I need to put that on my rotation. I actually need to look. It'll be much easier next week when I know exactly what my list is down to. But my list is now definitely down to Tar, The Whale. Um, I know if, like, like Bill Nighy gets nominated for Living or, like, you know, Triangle of Sadness or After Sun or some of these other smaller ones like squeak in. I'm just gonna have to fucking wave a white flag and be like, I ain't doing them all this year. Yeah, yeah. Because I also haven't seen The Fablemans, which is definitely gonna get Best Picture, Best Director, and um, possibly some supporting. Or Michelle Williams will probably get nominated for Best Actress, even though she said some surprising snubs. Um, yeah, I, I hate having such a dog in the fight now. I remember the thing I was going to say earlier from like an hour ago about the organicness of it. The other thing I hate, and I feel like this happened with me more and more over the past couple of years, is that we're always kind of behind like on the thing that's popular, the thing that's great. So that happened with uh, Ted Lasso. It happened uh, to a lesser extent back in the day with Hamilton. Because we, we caught it kind of at the right time. But like getting the thing that's like at the pop culture zenith and the critical zenith and then like having to like ride its coattails, it just kind of sucks because I feel like you're always kind of defending your love for something. It's like, oh, well, you didn't see it in theaters. Or like, oh, you didn't see it till then. It's like, well, fuck you. Right. Uh, it doesn't matter how late in the game you, you get know, it, in on it. It just makes me self-conscious that like I feel like I naturally have to come up with like a defense or a battle for Why? it. Why? There's no when you, when you did When you didn't like get it at the jumping off point. It's like, well, guess what? I was fucking busy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't know what I've been through or what I'm going through. So whenever I get it, I appreciate it. It's meant to be consumed when you're ready to consume it. If if I were to watch... Ah, uh, what's an example? If I were to watch fucking Cleopatra tomorrow, and I'm like, that's the best movie ever! And I just get really into Egyptian things. Well, it's Like, who, who gives a fuck, right. you know? I mean, it... it yeah, I I just feel like I don't there's... pay any mind to it. You're too rattled by society. No, I, I think it's because opinions. I I deal well, I deal with such tribalism in like wrestling fandom nowadays that you're always having to be on your toes, ready to prepare your statement or your thoughts, or your opinions on why you think or feel something, mm-hmm. and I think that extends to why you think or like something to the point where you love it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just fucking over it. Um, but for the past couple of years, I've had this. Last year, I was like, Coda should win Best Picture. That's the best movie of all the fucking movies we saw. The year before that was the 2020 uh, COVID year, so that was a fucking shit show. 
and then for 2019 for Parasite, it's like, yeah, that's the best movie. That should fucking win. Like, and that, that's also a, a, an outlier because 2019 was the last great movie year because we had that. We had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We have, you know, we had a plethora of things. But this, from what I've seen this year, I mean, this is a pretty, ended up being a pretty good year in movies because we have this, we have Top Gun Maverick, we have Nope. It was a good year for, like, big movies. We have, still haven't seen Avatar, um, but it was the year where, like, the Oscar bait kind of got fucked a little bit, and I'm digging that because that tends to be the stuff that ultimately wins over the creative stretches. Yeah. So, like, I'm fine not having seen The Fablemans or, you know, uh, what's another example? Women Talking or She Said. Because they, they seem to be a little see-through. Whereas this, I see right through this because I see five or six different things as I'm looking through this. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's and thought-provoking. It's, fun. it's a fun movie. It's fucking funny and it's fun. It's and great. And it's bright and it's, it's, yep. it's awesome. Agreed. Yeah. So um, anything else on everything, everywhere, all at once? Uh, no, I think we covered everything. Yeah, and I feel like we covered nothing at all. Or did we? Or did we? Yeah. Who are you on a different universe? <laughs> Please. <laughs> say, you're just you. Just me. Universe. I can guarantee you. In every oh, there's one. Universe, there's one universe where you're an otter. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But in every universe, I will have blankets, blankets and cheese and narcolepsy. Check, check, check. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. Yep. Doesn't matter where I go. I want to go to the universe where I'm just like fucking jacked and oof what does that mean oof you want to go to the universe too sure what universe is it the far one <laughs> it's way out the there. furthest away what do we have to do to get there you have to get Rakakuni to, <laughs> to grab your hair and direct you in that direction let's go Rakakuni um Otter Cooney that's not it Rat 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 Ratata, rat, What are you saying? What rat, has happened? Did you so just... ratatouille, raccoon, ottery? No. Otter, otter, ottery. Otter. Did I break you? What if I just died right now? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make it to thirty-six. Oh but... man, that would be. Sad. It's sad no one's going to hear this because you don't know how to fucking post this. Yeah, I do. I would just do it. I know how. <laughs> figure it out. I would just do it and figure it I'll out. I would figure it out. I just, it wouldn't be edited. It wouldn't have like the intro and the outro and there would be no description, but I would get it up. I'd be a surprise. Every episode would be a surprise episode. They wouldn't know what movie it is until they listened. Anything else? No. Score time. I don't think it's any surprise. This movie's a 10. The 10, yeah. It's one of the rare first watch 10s. Um, They might get even higher as uh, as I get older, like I said. It can't. 10's the highest. Well, I meant like in terms of, you know, my personal thoughts and preferences. We'll see where it lands. But for now, it's just a 10 here on the podcast. Our first one of 2022. Except it's 2023. 2023. <laughs> and it's oh, boy. A, yep, and it's a... Ugh, I have to save another hour and a half until it's my birthday. This is going to be fun. Oh, boy. We, and we had 
a banner year last year. We, we had, had four. three perfect tens. Four perfect tens. Seven. It's a Wonderful Life, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and Parasite. Oh, yeah. I skipped It's a Wonderful Life. And we got some good stuff coming up throughout the next few weeks. Next week, Guest Star Series is back with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Spencer Hamilton. Then we got Young Frankenstein, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, The Wedding Singer, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Born on the 4th of July, and you can vote in the Mullet Awards, arcadeo.net slash the mullets for the movie we should have watched, uh, which we have a great slate of movies there, plus all the other awards that Samantha and I are competing against one another for. Thank you so much for the early, uh, early turnout for voting. We got some hot, heavy battles already. As it stands right now, we currently have no ties which is good in the early portions of things. Oh, I but gotta that, go vote. But that terrifies me because that means more people are going to be voting over the next two months, which means stuff's going to keep changing. And, uh, yeah, then uh, the voting's going to be hot and heavy. So please go to arcadeo.net slash the mullets to vote there, just like while well, you're already at arcadeo.net. Check out the other podcasts that are network <coughs> shows. Rate, review, and subscribe. Patreon.com slash arcadeo for bonus content, like the Mayor's Podswoggle episode that I uh, posted just recently. Facebook.com slash MarriedWithMovies at MarriedWMovies on Twitter. MarriedWithMovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, speaking of uh, the network of shows, you can also find Samantha and I on The Blank Slate, where we just uh, recorded uh, our most recent draft, uh, which will be airing as soon as I edit it. Hopefully that will be tomorrow, sometime in the month of January, uh, with guest Tope and our other was Rich. This year, this, this month, we had a Dream Blunt Rotation Drafts. It was a uh, quite a, quite a, uh, quite fun. I won. That. I I definitely won. Ah, it's gonna be close. I, I think know. I won. It's, I think we all did a bang up job. So we'll find out when people vote. Um, also, for me at Rustmonth thirty eight on Instagram. For you, at Jam with your Sam. And my retro wrestling diary, arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle for uh, my retro wrestling thoughts. I missed last week, so I'm currently in the process of typing what last week was supposed to be, ground zero in your house. Um, I'm busy, and it's my birthday, so leave me alone. No, I mean, nobody's bothering you. Yeah, it, it bothers me. So that's that's why I'm bothered by it. Okay. So, anything else, Samantha? Um, no, I just, this movie just, it really gave me so much to think on, and Made me appreciate, you know, so much, I think. Like, thinking about it and, like, having to think very deeply because I had no notes and having to, like, recall everything when you told me the next day. Um, you couldn't have even told me the same night, so I could have, like, at least done something constructive. Um, but, I mean, it's fabulous. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. You will not regret it. That's all I have. What do you have? No, I'm, I'm good. I guess that's all that needs to be said before we wrap up. Oh, happy birthday, man. Yeah, thanks. I gave like a tearful from my soul. Yeah, and then you said you just message. ordered my birthday presents. Well, no, I have a present for you, but I, but I wanted it to be your rumble present instead of your birthday present. So I had to pivot. I wasn't trying to be mean. Like, I just ordered your presents because I forgot your birthday. I knew it was your birthday, but I also like to get you a Rumble present, too. Yeah. And the Rumble's next weekend, and so it's just really close together. Yeah, but you never... I always open my Rumble present on my birthday with, like, my other presents. 
Well, I forgot Buy me things. I'm great. I have bought you things. And I bought you, I think, a lot of things already for Christmas and stuff. Did I not? Yeah, you did. You did a great job. Oh, thanks. You don't need to say it like that. That's why, you know, that's, that's one, just a couple more. Six hours on a computer for Taylor Swift tickets. Which you are also going to enjoy. Yeah. Well, like 40 minutes of it, probably. I really can't stand you. Thanks. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. It was only five hours that you waited in line, by the way. And you owe me that. Just because I was the fan that got allowed uh, to do the sale. Uh, maybe we'll, maybe in the universe where you're the better fan, then, you know. I love Taylor, man. Her songs, they just they get me right here. My heart. Where I blue balls. My heart. True Detective Season 2. It's really not that crazy. <laughs> We're not that crazy. A couple of mammals making gravy. Right? Together, you and me, a multi-species team. We're a family. Culinary. Now we're cooking. While nobody's looking. Yeah, we're family. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.